Let's make a joyful noise. Brother Ken. Amen. If you need the blue songbook this morning, page number 244, Amazing Grace. We'll do all four verses. Page number 244 this morning.
would you come up and open us up in prayer, if you would, please, while Dad makes his way. I'm going to give you a couple of prayer requests. I know you've been praying for those in our congregation uh, who had to bury loved ones this week. Uh, Sister Judy with her uncle, uh, Brother Chester with his brother, and of course, uh, Sister Vivian Castle, uh, several members of the family here. Pray also for the Henson family, if you would. Uh, the homegoing service for Brother Roger was yesterday, a shouting hallelujah time. It was a wonderful, and I had a lot of folks asking me, I shared in Sunday school, the Henson girls have made it very plain. They're going to keep on singing keep on serving so you pray for them in the days ahead i know they'd sure appreciate it daddy you take us to the throne of grace if you would and let's ask the lord's presence in our midst pray for us daddy let's bow our heads please our heavenly father lord as we come to you this morning father we want to thank you for your blessings father. and lord we would ask you to be with all these for our church family who has lost members and loved ones god we pray that you'll bless them in a special way Father, we do pray for the Henson family to lost a brother, Red, Roger, Father. We know that he went through a long uh, battle with illness here, but he's in a better place now. We pray that you'll bless his wife and his uh, uh, two daughters, Lord, as they continue to serve them. Just lead them and guide them and show them what you would have them to do, Father. Lord, we pray today's a special day. We bless all the dads and just give them the wisdom to lead their family in a godly way, Father. Father, we'd ask you to take charge of the service and be with our pastors. He breaks the word of life to us. And may we receive it with open mind and receptive heart. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Boy, I love this song. Love to hear Miss Lisa singing. You listen now as she sings, Did I Mention?
Amen. Thank you, Miss Lisa. We'll do one more this morning. Amen. Amen. A new song for us, and boy, the brother Roger knocks this one out of the park. I want you to really listen to the words to this. In fact, some of the best words I think I've ever heard. And I'll tell you a quick story on this. Brother Roger had sent me this song several weeks ago. Uh, in fact, not long after we had Kylie here for our ladies' jubilee. And he said, Brother Greg, I think this is a Kyla Rowland song. What do you think? Do you like it? Well, I pulled it up and I listened to it. I don't know much, but I know Kyla Rowland songs. And I said, Brother, I don't think this is a Kyla Rowland song. I can't find it on her website. I can't find it anywhere. In fact, I think I know who the author is. So I gave him the author. Wasn't the right author. He sent it back to me and said, Preacher, I don't want to be disagreeable, but I'm pretty sure this is a Kyla Rowland song. I heard it on a Kyla Rowland tape. So I did what any smart preacher would do. I sent a text to Kyla, and I said, Kyla, I've fallen in love with this song. Is this yours? Did you write it? She sent me back in about 30 seconds. She said, no, honey, I didn't write it, but it's on my publishing company, so I own it. Amen. <laughs> I love the words to this. It's called Bow the Knee. You listen now as Brother Roger sings. Yeah. 
choir. Don't, isn't that song a good song? To King Jesus Bow the Knee. What a great day that we get to see old Satan bow his knee in front of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, Paul mentions that when every, when every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, amen. I just, got, I just got excited over that. That's good, Brother Roger. Let me give you some announcements this morning. Of course, uh, on holiday Sunday, no services tonight. We're going to do some special things in just a moment, recognizing our dads. So uh, please keep that in mind. No services this evening, celebrating with our fathers. This coming Saturday, June the 22nd, a wedding shower for Tiffany Horton and Logan Har will be here in the church beginning at 10 a.m. So please keep that in mind if you would. I'm so excited to have a small part uh, in their wedding celebration. So please uh, 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 celebrate on this coming Saturday if you're able. And then on Sunday, July the 7th, a baby shower for uh, Zach and Ashley Reynolds. Of course, Brother Zach, one of our military boys, they are having a boy. Uh, that'll be during our Sunday school hour. Please keep that in mind if you would. Senior Saints, if you're going on the trip to Noah's Ark, uh, uh, that $150 deposit is due by next Sunday, June the 23rd. Then we've got lots of information in there again about Operation Christmas Child. Reminder that tomorrow, it, is that right, Miss Pam? Tomorrow is the uh, Crafts and Tea to get started with OCC. Please sign up out in our postal area or in the back from 4 to 8. Sign-up sheets are in the foyer in the mail area, and information is, is in there. Uh, please, uh, I won't read all of that to you, but please keep that in mind if you would. And then this is not in your bulletin, but we received this, uh, this uh, uh, invitation. My father-in-law, who just turned 80 years old, uh, is getting ready. The church is uh, doing a little celebration for him on July the 6th, which is a Saturday, from 1.30 until 4, celebrating 60 years in the ministry. Uh, it'll be, that's an incredible, isn't it? That's incredible. Uh, 60 years in the ministry uh, from 1.30 till 4 at the Fellowship Hall Wayside Baptist. Uh, and uh, most of you know my sister-in-law, Patty. Let her know if you're attending. No gifts. They just want you to come and celebrate if you're able uh, and to thank him for his 60 years of service. So uh, I'll, I'll include that in subsequent weeks as well. All right. A little change for this morning as we often do on holidays. Uh, the older kids, the junior church kids, 4th, uh, 5th, and 6th grade are going to stay up here, but the little ones are going to head down. So 3rd grade and below, come on, make your way down this morning, third grade and below. Come on and make your way, third grade and below. Come on, quick, 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 quick. Uh, they're going to come around. Come on, son. Yeah, we're doing penny march. Sorry, yeah. He's looking at me like, what are you talking about, Dad? I'm going to have to cut your salary in half this Sunday. All right, go around and collect any loose change you got. This is our penny march. Take off, young folks.
grade and below heading out to Children's Church. Come on this morning, third grade and below. Children's Church, come on this morning. this morning. Evan, you come get ready to sing for us, young man. You be obedient unto the Lord with God's tithes and your offerings. Uh, if God's blessed you this week, say amen. We're going to pray and ask God to bless the offering. Lord, I thank you for the day that you've given us. This is the day that you've made. Lord, we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. You've told us that in your word. I pray your blessings upon this offering this morning. Lord, bless the gift, the giver. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you in this capacity, giving back that with which you've blessed us. Bless Evan as he sings now in Christ's name. Amen. With heartache So many times We weep When loved ones pass But there's a place The gloom of death Can't enter And someday It will be my home At last When he calls me To that land of no where grief and tears are gone without a trace I'll lay down all my trouble, cares, and sorrow And I'll carry them no more when he carries me Will be gone from memories. 
Amen. What a blessing. Let's all stand together one more time. Page number 203 this morning, a favorite chorus of ours. The windows of heaven. We'll sing it one time through fellowship for a while. Hymn number 203.
Amen. Let me give you a couple of quick things. In just a few moments, uh, I'll bring the ushers down in just a moment. We're going to take up a special offering uh, to help Brother Eddie do disaster relief down in Monroe County, Mississippi. If you've been following the news, you know the significant disasters that's going on down there. And so we're honored to support this. If you want to write a check, you make it out to the church. If you use the, uh, the app system uh, with our electronic giving, we've put an account on there for disaster relief. So if you want to utilize that, you can utilize that in that capacity. So, fellas, come on and make your way down if you would. While they're coming, ladies, I'll get you all to place them. I want to share this with you. Uh, this is uh, from uh, the family of Sister Vivian Castle. Uh, thank you for everything you did. Doesn't seem adequate uh, to how grateful and loved we felt. We're a big family. Uh, the day of Mom's passing, there were around 60 people at the house. Each day thereafter, we had 70 to 80. Sat around, ate, talked, laughed, and cried. I love this. Never once did I have to be concerned about enough food or drinks or plates. I even had somebody bring paper towels and toilet paper. Amen. Thank you all for all you did. Flowers are beautiful. This is my favorite part. The food was like five loaves of bread and two fishes. It just kept feeding the crowds. Uh, thank you for your prayer. So you continue to pray for them. You give as generously to help this disaster relief ministry as you can. Father, bless uh, now this special offering. Bless Brother Eddie as he leaves tomorrow. Keep him safe. Lord, it's our honor to have a part in this ministry. Lord, I pray for those that have been affected by the natural disasters down in the south and across the country. May you use this uh, to show them that we love them and we're sure praying for them. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. number eight, Luke chapter number eight, if you would please. Luke chapter number eight, while you're turning there, uh, I'll remind you again, enjoy your afternoon with fathers and celebration. I'm, I'm going to obviously talk about fathers in just a few moments and the impact and the importance that fathers have upon our lives. And while, while we do that, and before we get started, I want for every dad in the building to please stand. If you are a father, if you have children, please stand all over the building, all over. I want to just make a simple statement, if I may. We're in a dangerous time in our society where the absence of fatherhood has become a national epidemic, a national epidemic. We are at a juncture today where many of the things that we are tracing to the deficiencies in our society are linked directly to absentee fatherism. 
So I want to say to everybody, whether you're a father, stepfather, uncle, grandfather, a male influence, we need you. The next generation needs you. There's never been a day when we needed godly men more than we need them today. Thank you, fathers. You can be seated. Amen. Give them a round of applause. Amen. Luke chapter 8, please, beginning in verse number 41. Verse number 41. Behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler, or Jairus. You hear him said, pronounced all kinds of different ways. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him, besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. In the next several verses, you get the story of as Jesus is going to the house of Jairus, how he's touched by the woman with the issue of blood, and she's made whole. So after that incident, please jump down to verse 49. While he yet spake, there cameth one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. When he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John the father and the mother of the maiden. All wept and bewailed her, and he said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead, and he put them all out. I love that. (laughs) Put them all out. Took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. Spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her me. That's how I know Jesus was a Baptist. As soon as she got up out of the bed, he said, get her something to eat. Amen. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Father, thank you for the reading of your word and this precious story. Thank you for godly men, Lord. Thank you for the influence that they have upon the lives of our children, our grandchildren, our, our ladies. Lord, in a, in a day when masculinity has been derided in the public circle, thank you for those who recognize what it means to be a godly man. Lord, I pray your blessings upon our services today. We need your presence. We need you today, so we ask that you speak through the preaching. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. I recognize this is Father's Day, but I think you'll, you'll appreciate this. I had a very unique opportunity this past week. Um, as part of a, a, a leadership group I'm with that Dr. Gowan actually recommended me for, I was in Stanton, and part of the afternoon we spent in the Mennonite community of Stanton, the Old Order Mennonites, the German descendants, different from the Amish, So we spent a couple of hours in the Mennonite church and talking about the Mennonite faith. Uh, The pastor was 87 years old. He was a brilliant theologian, brilliant man, had never been to seminary, but an incredibly brilliant man. We talked about the rationales behind all of the, what they do, what they do. And then that evening, we went into the home, it's 55 of us, we went into the home of a Mennonite woman. 
beautiful log cabin that she and her husband had built, and then shortly after he built it for her, uh, he unexpectedly passed away with a heart attack. So she, having a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit about her, said, I got this great big facility. I'm going to do something with it. And so she turned it into a a reservations-only restaurant that serves the most incredible food I have ever put in my mouth. Uh, uh, in fact, I, I think you'll amen me. When I looked at the spread, the low-carb diet went home to be with the Lord that evening. I'm just going to flat out tell you. In fact, the very first thing that she put out were, remember, there's 55 of us. And this woman herself is 84 years old, Mennonite garb. Uh, she's got help. Her sisters, her daughters and nieces are there with her helping her serve. And, and so she comes out in these giant baskets of homemade yeast rolls with the smoke pouring off. And I, 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 first thing, and she sat them, she, she comes out and she said, somebody said there's a Baptist preacher in the midst. Where is he? And I went like this, and God bless her, she put the whole basket right smack down in front of me. (laughs) So I took a deep breath, and I thought, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Get thee behind me, Satan. And I started passing them. And then she brought out things of homemade butter and strawberry jam that she had just finished making. Preacher, what did you do? I grabbed the basket back. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I took a bath right in the middle of it. Then she brought out dish after dish after dish. And I was taking pictures and sending them to Renee. And she's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my. So the meal is over. I mean, the food we had was unbelievable. And most of it, she had everything except the meat she had grown herself. Uh, and I, I looked at her and said, where'd you get the meat? And she said, Costco. <laughs> and I, I sat back thinking, oh, my gosh, I am stuffed to capacity. I can't eat another bite. And then she brought out peach cobbler, cherry pie, and vanilla ice cream that she had churned that morning herself. I found three or four more little pockets to put it in. Amen. Amen. So after it was all said and done, (laughs) she comes up to me and she says, Preacher, what'd you think? 83 years old, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, here's what I think. If anything happens to my wife, I know where you live. Amen. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, you going to become Mennonite? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Has nothing to do with the message, but it sure was fun. Amen. I said a moment ago, and I'll repeat that we are facing a lot of national emergencies in our country. Many social dysfunctions, frankly, and I'm going to be very blunt, but I think, I hope kind this morning, but blunt as well. There is none more of an epidemic than the absence of fathers in our home. Whether you're a father or a stepfather or an uncle or a grandfather or a male influence or a male role model, you are needed today like never before. I'll be blunt. Any old thing can produce a child, but it takes a man to father a child. Too many have abandoned their fatherly posts to show you the influence that a godly man can have in the home. 
I want to give you some statistics. I've told you I'm a bit of a statistics nerd, but I think sometimes these stats can show you things that a simple statement cannot. If a child is the first in the home to get saved, then there is a 3.5% likelihood that the rest of the family will get saved. That's good. In other words, if the child gets saved first, the likelihood that the rest of the family gets saved rises by 3.5%. If the mom is the first to get saved, the likelihood that the rest of the family gets saved grows to 17%. That's a 500% increase. That's significant. But if the father is the first to get saved, the likelihood that the rest of the family gets saved grows to 93%. In other words, when daddy gets it, the family gets it. And when daddy doesn't, it may not impossible, but significantly more challenging for the rest of the family to get on board. Other statistics tell us that in the last 30 years in which fathers have abandoned their spiritual responsibilities, there has been directly tied to the absence of fatherhood the following. In 30 years, a 550% increase in violent crimes a 200% increase in teen suicide. More than 70% of the juveniles today in state reform institutions come from homes where there is no fatherly figure. The greatest social problem that we face today is fatherly abandonment. I believe that with all of my heart. And while I may not agree with all of his policies... I agree 100% with the following statement that President, former President Barack Obama made at a 2008 church service when he said, and I quote, too many fathers are missing in action today. Too many fathers have gone AWOL, missing from too many lives and too many homes. Too many fathers, he said, have abandoned their responsibilities and they're acting like boys instead of men. The foundations of our families are falling apart because of it, end quote. I submit to you this morning that a child's first understanding, first comprehension of the love, protection, and provisions that come from God the Father are learned from their heavenly fatherly influence. And I'll make a simple statement. I'm going to keep saying fathers today. But I mean fathers, I mean biological fathers, I mean stepfathers, I mean grandfathers, I mean male role models. Uh, We need that masculine influence back in our homes. And I don't need to tell you this, but I'm going to. Too many fathers today have given up the spiritual leadership of their homes to their wives. Please don't misunderstand me. Women today, you can be spiritual giants, and I applaud you, and I celebrate uh, the close-knit relationship that many of the godliest women I know have with the Lord. But look at me, men. Because your wife is close to God does not mean you can give up your mandate as a spiritual leader. So I'm going to use this illustration of Jairus, or Jairus, or Jairus. I've heard him say a thousand, I'm going to call him Jairus, to illustrate an important topic You see, Jairus was a religious man. He was a ruler of the local synagogue, but he was also a daddy. He was also a daddy. As the ruler of the synagogue, his position is incredibly important. 
He's a presiding elder of the synagogue. In fact, that's one of the most prominent people of the local Jewish, converse, uh, uh, local Jewish congregation. It's kind of like if a local state legislator, well-known in our community, were to walk in and be someone that everybody knows, uh, that's who Jairus was. His responsibilities would include the order of the synagogue service. He would appoint someone to lead in prayer. He would assign someone to read the scripture. And if there was a visiting rabbi, uh, he would invite him to read from the scripture and to comment upon it. But above all of that, he was a Jew. He was a Jew. But beyond his statue, beyond his position, beyond his likely wealth, Beyond his influence, Jairus was a daddy. He was a daddy. Men, I'm going to ask you to look this way for a second. The most, outside of your relationship with God, the most important relationship you'll ever have is that with your spouse if you're married. But the most influence you will ever have is that with your children. You will never know influence greater than the influence you have with your children. I'm always astounded at the case studies that I read in Christian faith-based sociology textbooks that allude to this about multi-millionaires and billionaires and serial entrepreneurs who have seemingly conquered the world and yet they will say to you that their greatest accomplishment is their children. You can never underestimate the power of the influence you have as a daddy, as a grandfather, as an uncle, as a stepfather, as a male role model, the influence that you have today is unmistakable. You know that I do my very, very best to never bring a politics into the pulpit, and I'm not going to do it this morning except one little tiny incision. There is a phrase today that is unfortunately gaining in popularity that I think is greatly dangerous. And again, this is not meant to take sides, but this idea of toxic masculinity is really dangerous. What do I mean by that? Now, let me pause a moment and say, men, we understand that being a man does not give us the right to put our hands on something that does not belong to us. That's one of the lessons we're going to talk about this morning that we need to teach our young boys, don't touch what ain't yours. Amen. But being a masculine male and leading your family accordingly ain't toxic. It's scriptural. Let's look at a couple of things this morning. What is it about Jairus? What did he do that resonates with us today? Number one, I'm taking it right out of Scripture, for it tells us that in his time of need, he besought Jesus. He besought Jesus. We don't know, candidly, how word of Jesus got to Jairus, except for the fact that Jesus' popularity was spreading significantly. We know that Jesus had been to many tabernacles, many temples, and perhaps his popularity had spread on that compassion or in that main but when the crisis, please listen now, when the crisis came, when his daughter was dying, when there was a need in the home, Jairus did not send his wife, he went himself. Why? Because he was a man. 
because he was a father. Listen to me, fellas, especially teen boys and young adults. I'm thrilled by the amount of weight that you can bench press. And I'm thrilled, dads and grandpas, by the size of your bank account. But you understand that bench pressing and bank accounts don't determine the quality of a man. It's about bearing our God-given responsibility to spiritually and passionately lead our homes. We always quote the latter part of Ephesians 6, 4 that talks about raising up the children in the nurture of the admonition of the Lord. But when we don't quote that verse in its entirety, we mess up. Because Ephesians 6, 4 actually says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Don't misunderstand me. The mother's got an influence, perhaps more than any creature on planet earth a mother's influence is. But you hear me, fathers? It is not, oh, I'm going to make somebody mad. It is not the woman's responsibility to make sure her children are in church. It's daddy's responsibility. It's not the church's responsibility to make sure that children are taught from Scripture. It's daddy's responsibility because the model that has been created, the blueprint for the home, is that the father is typifying or representing God the Father. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have an important position that far too often we are giving away to our wives and saying, you handle it. Listen carefully. This should be a partnership. Amen. Should be a husband and wife together. Cannot always happen. I get it and I thank God for those young ladies and single moms who are doing their dead level best to raise up their children. But fathers, you listen to me. We've got to step back up to the plate. We've got to get back up and say, I'm going to influence my children and my grandchildren for the cause of Christ. Let me give you very quickly, if I may, a couple of things that we as fathers need to be doing. Number one, it's our responsibility to dedicate our children to God. And I don't just mean in a dedication service. Thank God for that. But I submit to you this morning that Scripture tells us, dads, that children, though they will, they will work the ever-living snot out of our nerves, they are a gift from God. If you don't believe they're a gift, you go talk to a couple that's tried and unsuccessfully to have children. You will find out quickly that even in their worst circumstances, children are a gift from God. As such, daddies and grandpas and stepdads, we are told uh, to teach our children to, to fear the Lord, to turn away from evil, to hate iniquity, and to instill in them a righteousness uh, that Scripture dictates. Here's a big one, dads. It's our responsibility to protect them from ungodly influences. Four, be as faithful as you can to God's house as often as you can. Because if it doesn't matter to you, we shouldn't be surprised when it don't matter to them. Amen. If churches take it or leave it to, for you, then we shouldn't be surprised when church becomes take it or leave it for them. Let me pause a moment and say this. When church becomes take it or leave it, when the greatest spiritual influence we have, we seem to think it doesn't matter, then we should not be surprised when the next generation doesn't give a hill of beans for it, when we've not said it matters anymore. Encourage your kids, parents, dads, encourage them. To be separate from this world. To be different. Teach your sons that he cannot put his hands on what does not belong to him. Amen. 
but teach your daughters that modest is hottest. Amen. My daughter will tell you, two weeks before she got married, she comes down the steps for Sunday morning, and I said, sweetheart, I love you, but you ain't wearing that. Go back up. Change. She looked at me. She got so mad. She, God is my witness. They're going to probably tell their son to divorce my daughter now. She came back down again. It was something else, and I said, nope. Strike two. Go put on something else. She was so mad at me, then she got mad at me, and I didn't care. Why, preacher? Because it matters. She came back down the steps. She was wiping tears. I hugged her and said, baby, I love you, but you know what we're going to do in this house. And I could see it in her mind's eye. Starts going, I'm going to my own house. I'm going to... And I looked at her. And I said, even after you get married, don't think I'm not going to show up in a parking lot and say, you wearing that? Amen. <laughs> Why? Because my mama used to look at me all the time, and she'd point her little stubby finger, and she'd say, as long as I got breath, I'm still the mama. Amen. It matters, folks. And fathers, we need to step up to the plate. Instruct our children about the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led by God. Teach them that God has a purpose for their life. Instruct them the importance of the Word of God. Teach them, teach them that God loves them too much to let them get by with disobedience. Amen. Teach them that God loves them too much to let them get by with disobedience. Number one about Jairus, he besought Jesus. Number two this morning, he also brought Jesus. What do I mean by that? Jairus did something that you don't see happening in almost any other part of Scripture. Only in rare cases do you see this happening. So often, when there was a need, you would see people throng Jesus. But Jairus did something that almost nobody else did. He brought Jesus to his house. What does that matter, preacher? What's the big deal? Jairus was a Jew. And Jews uh, did not do this, especially with Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, had gained notoriety as someone who would eat with sinners. Uh, he would, he would, friend of sinners. He was a, a, a referred to as a wine-bibber uh, called Beelzebub uh, and said that the work he was doing was of the power of the devil. The Jews did not bring that kind of person into his home. Jairus did. Jairus realized that it was his responsibility to protect the safety of his home. The safety of his home. I will take you back, fathers, to the first Passover. This is detailed. Don't turn. We won't look for the sake of time. This is detailed in Exodus chapter number 12. All the other plagues uh, have come to pass, and now God tells Moses uh, that this is going to be the end one. This is going to be the last one. Uh, and he gives the commandment to Moses, you go tell the fathers uh, that the death angel is coming. And the only way they can escape the death angel is for the fathers 
to go slay the lamb, take the blood, the hyssop branch, put it on the top, the two side posts. I hope you saw that action. Tap to the top, tap to the two side posts. Uh, Hundreds of years before there was a Calvary, Moses is teaching the Israelites, uh, you take the blood, you tap it on the top, you take it and you tap it on the sides uh, with blood, thereby forming a cross. Uh, It was the Father's responsibility uh, to keep the death angel out of the house. If the father said, I'm too tired, he would regret it the next day because the death angel would take the firstborn. If the father said, I'm too busy, there would be trial the next day as the wailing that was in Egypt would also permeate Israel because it was the death of the firstborn. Hear what I'm about to say. The protection of the children from the death angel rested squarely on the shoulders of daddy. Look at me. We got death angels surrounding us everywhere now, folks. They come in the form of drugs. They come in the form of alcohol. This ain't going to be real popular. It comes in the form of internet with kids are too young to understand what they're holding in their hand. They come in the form of cell phones that open us up to things that children are too young to grasp. Fathers, it is our responsibility to protect our youngsters from the death angel. A lot of you know that during the middle school years of my children, we homeschooled for reasons that, that, that were personal to us. We homeschooled. And uh, our, part of our homeschooling was uh, required that the kids go out on the Internet to find things. In fact, part of their schooling was on the Internet, the curriculum that we were following. What my children did not know is that I had blocked almost everything that you could find on the Internet. And then I had set up an app on my phone that everything they went to came also to my phone. So during uh, the afternoon uh, when they were doing their homework, uh, I would get a little inbox uh, through my personal email that said, James is trying to access such and such. Would you like to let him see it? I'd pull out my little phone. I'd send my son a text and say, are you drinking? What, are you, what is wrong with you? I, am I making it up, son? <laughs> I don't remember. You understand, folks, uh, when they were that young, they were too young to access that world that was out there waiting on them. And now we're letting them access it at six, seven, and eight years old. I'm not trying to be unkind, but I am trying to be blunt. Uh, They are not prepared for what we're throwing at them intellectually, emotionally, and sociologically. uh, It is up to us daddies to say, not happening. Not happening. Not only for the protection of our home, but I submit to you fathers, uh, we've got a job to protect the sanctity of our home. Not just the safety, but the sanctity. I told you that I loved Luke 8, 54, where Jesus puts everybody out that's doubting. Everybody that says that can't be true, she's dead. He puts all of them out. And he only takes with him mom and dad in his inner circle, James, John, and Peter. Christ energizes his home. Jesus, being who he is, ran out everybody. This is the message. Jesus, being who he is, ran out everybody who did not belong there. Jesus said, everybody that doesn't agree with me, out. He didn't say it quite that way, but that's what he meant. Everybody who's not in agreement, out. Parents, uh, it is not only your job to know who your children are with, uh, but you need to know uh, everything about who your children are with. 
You need to understand the influence that they can have upon your life. You need to understand what it is that that family associates with because that friendship, can you saying, preacher, are you saying we can't be friends? No, I'm not saying you can't be friends. I'm saying moms and dads, we need to know who our kids are friends with. We need to know what it is they believe and whether or not it aligns with our beliefs and whether or not that's an appropriate alignment. Amen. Jesus took charge, the authority of the home, Jairus' daughter, and eventually, as she was resurrected, and then the wife saw that daddy was not ashamed to seek Jesus. I love what Joshua tells the Israelites in chapter 24, verse 15 of the book named after him. He goes through everything that God had done for the nation of Israel, and he chastises them for chasing after the other gods. And he gets right down to it. I'm going to paraphrase this. Uh, but in Joshua 24, 15, he says, y'all can do whatever you want to do. But me and my house, we following God. Why? Because God has brought us safe thus far, and we're not going to turn our back on him now. It's for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Jairus besought. Jairus brought and finally this morning, Jarius caught. What did he catch, preacher? Because of his faith and his willingness to bring Jesus into his home, he caught a glimpse of the power of the great physician. What took him, what took him this morning, what compelled him to fall at Jesus' feet, what Scripture says, and literally cry out to him, beg him to come to his house. Here's what compelled him. He was a daddy. He was a daddy. And when he saw his daughter in a crisis that he himself could not fix, he said, let me get the master. There's not a day in my mind for the rest of... I don't know why I never thought about this until this week. There was not a day in the life of this daughter where she did not think, I'm alive today because of my daddy. I'm alive today because my daddy went to Jesus. There's a lot of people in here today, you're saved because you had a daddy that brought you to church. There are people here today that you have a home, a life, a family, a marriage. You're saved and you're successful because a daddy said, it's for me and my house, we serve in God. Now, some of you didn't grow up with that. Aren't you glad that God saves anybody, anytime, anyplace, anywhere? Amen. Thank God. But I will submit to you, fathers, uh, that you will never, never, never escape the influence that you've got over those kids. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. Look this way real quickly. I'll give you a closing thought. As Brother Ken gets us a congregation verse to sing or for him to sing. I know that you know this, but I want to say it. Love is not about giving a child all they ask for. Love is not about a closet full of toys and drawers full of clothes. It's not about a large allowance. In fact, love is about telling our children and our grandchildren, Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so.
I want Brother Ken to sing us a verse this morning. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask you two questions, but I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Fathers, grandfathers, stepfathers, Christian influences, male role models, we need you today. We need you back on the field. We need you back engaged in spiritual warfare. And so I'm just going to speak to the dads, grandpas first. If you're here and you want to slip up to this altar and just ask God to help you be that Christian influence in your family, would you step out right now? All over. If you don't want to come, that's fine. But if you want to, come on. God, help me to be that Christian influence over my family. Come on this morning. say secondly wives daughters sons friends the leader understands that he can only lead to the extent that he's allowed to so if you want to come find your place beside or behind or with your family member you come on this morning maybe you can't get to where he is that's fine it's good for men to pray together Can sing us a verse this morning. Ken dismisses in prayer. Fellowship with each other. Enjoy your afternoon with your dads today. Brother Ken. Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful, Lord, for this challenge today to all the fathers here. Father, for all the male influences in this building today. Father, as the pastor's already made mention, Lord, stay in the fight. Father, continue to stay strong, stand tall. God, and be a leader there in the home and your community. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, what he means to our life. And Father, thank you for allowing your son 
to come to this world, Lord, and die for the sins of all mankind. Father, we praise you for the blood this morning. Father, bless us now as we go our separate ways. Keep everybody safe today and give them a good time of fellowship with each other. God, we want to say we love you this morning because you first loved us. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thank you.